morning, church. Hey, come on, if you want to stand to your feet, let's worship our God together. Here we go. Come on, we have so much to be grateful for. Amen. Come on, sing. Salvation. Salvation. Come on, keep it going. See the kingdom birds turn to color at the speed of light. Come on, sing freedom. And freedom shaking up the atmosphere. Come on, as the shadows fade. As the shadows fade into nothing as the day appears. Come on, let's sing this out. Beyond the skies. Beyond the skies above. The reaching now for
so good to see you. Before we do anything else, why don't you step out from your seat and say hi to somebody. church family. It is so good to be with you this morning. The presence of God is amazing today. We are so thankful. I am Crystal and I'm just so glad and privileged to see each and every one of you today. If this is your first time here, we want to say a special welcome to you. There is a connect card in the seat back in front of you. We would love the opportunity to connect with you this week, give you some great information on the church, bring you some awesome cookies. You don't want to miss out on that. So make sure you fill out that connect card um, and we would love to do that. This is um, an awesome week for our group life. So we are excited to kick off the fall semester. I think tonight kicks off city groups. Am I right, Impact? Awesome. Awesome. So city groups are kicking off tonight. We have tons of group life options for you. If you have not yet connected in a group, we believe in doing life together. We go from rows to circles because we know that's where life change happens. When we connect with one another, encourage each other in the Lord. So make sure you do that today. There are tables in every main lobby. There are leaders there to help you find the place that fits for you. Growth Track is the place to be. If you have not gone through Growth Track yet and you want to make this your church home, you're ready to plug in and learn more about what's going on here, make sure that you do that. Next week is 3.01 and 9 o'clock. We'd love to see you there as well. Well, next Sunday, we have the privilege uh, to partner with parents as they dedicate their kids to the Lord. Um, so if you have welcomed a baby into your home, maybe in the last year or two, and you have not had that opportunity, we would love the privilege to stand with you as you just dedicate their life to the Lord and your lives as a family to raising them in the ways of the Lord. Um, so that'll be at the Rose District at 6 p.m. on Saturday night or here at the South Campus at 1045 on Sunday. Please register by tomorrow's so that we can make sure we make all the accommodations for you in that. And finally, in October, we are so excited for the next production series where we get to present the gospel and ask the community to come in in a really powerful way, um, just share with them the love of Jesus. And so we're calling it Running to the Roar, uh, and it is a Lion King production. We're super excited and pumped up for what that's gonna be. But we need about 60 cast members to make that happen. So if that interests you, you can text ROAR to 313131, and you will get a form there to fill out so that we can connect with you and get you involved in that way. Well, as the ushers come today, um, we just want to take this time to worship the Lord in our giving. Uh, God has been so good and faithful to us in every season. He is good. Um, and so this is just another way that we can worship him and honor him uh, with our tithes and offerings. So let's do that together and pray today. 
Father, we just love you. We thank you for your presence that is here and so rich with us today. God, we thank you for this family that we can gather together with and just encourage each other and experience you together. So God, today as we give, we do so out of a heart of thankfulness, out of a cheerful heart, God, ready, Lord, to uh, just obey you and what you've called us to give today. God, I pray that you will bless the gift and the giver alike. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So 
says that the angels around the throne of God, they can declare his holiness. They give praise. But when it comes to the song of redemption, they have to go silent because they've never experienced that. You and I are the redeemed of the Lord, saved by grace, saved by faith, saved from our sin, saved to eternal life, saved to a relationship with Jesus. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Come on, church. That's it, church. Come on. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. The best of the morning. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, you may be seated today. This amazing worship team will be back very soon. Last night as we were singing that, into my heart came this thought, and I do think it's a God thought. It's like he was showing me that every gathering like this, it's an altar. If you've been raised in church, you may be more accustomed to going to an altar. The altar could be a bench, like a piece of furniture at the front of the church. I will often say, come to the altar. I'm referring to the front of this platform. And it's that opportunity to say, I'm going to step out of where I am. I'm going to go to that place, and I need to talk to Jesus. I need to have an encounter with his presence. So we go to the altar. But as we were worshiping last night, same has happened in both experiences today. The Lord just said, this is the altar. Every time we meet together, because in the Old Testament, as men and women would meet with God, after they experienced God, they would then build an altar and they would even name it. It would kind of like be marking the moment of what they experienced. So they would call it, you know, God my provider or God my healer. So the altar was built after the experience. I pray that when we leave here today, that the altar built in our heart is God, our purity, God, our power, God, the closest, most incredible, most majestic relationship of which nothing else in my life even comes close. The presence of the Lord has settled in already. And when there's an altar, it's like a table. And on the table, he has prepared fresh bread, spiritual bread. And we're going to take this spiritual nourishment today and let it inspire us to a response. The word comes from Matthew 5, verse 8. Would you say this with me? Let's say it with conviction. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Can we do it again? With conviction. Hold up. With conviction. Okay. Here we go. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Notice this verse does not go on to say, and then the human experience will work. 
the challenges of society will be fixed. There's nothing in this verse about social reform. But what Jesus is wanting us to understand, if there's a chance of social reform, of the human experience, of moving to victory and freedom, it will only be because of a God-centered life. The centrality of Jesus. This verse is about Jesus being the Lord, the leader, first, preeminent, everything. And if he's first and if he's everything, then you will know freedom. That space around you will be influenced if the church collectively walks in the centrality of Jesus then the light will shine so brightly that the darkness will come down what does it mean to see God and I don't know about out there I feel like I'm echoing and so just help me out if you can because only one of me is enough I do have a twin, by the way. He talks to me all the time. Back to the sermon. What does it mean to see God? I want you to take some stuff down today. What's it mean to see God? I see you, you see me. And often we'll say, this church is just like I saw God in a fresh way today. What do we mean? Because it's not the way we see each other. First of all, to see God means an appointment. If you call your doctor and you get the receptionist and say, I need an appointment, the receptionist doesn't send you a picture of your doctor. The receptionist knows you're not just wanting to sit in the lobby. You want to see the doctor. You want to be in the presence of the doctor. The appointment gives you access, admittance, so that you and the doctor can communicate. There can be diagnosis, there can be prescription. When we see this concept of seeing God, it's an appointment with the presence of God. It moves us beyond concept. It moves us beyond what in the Old Testament was the outer court. And you have audience with God, the presence of God, where there can be communication. You can get real with what's happening in your life. There can be prescription and with that hope and power. It is saying that if we're pure in heart, there's a level of his presence. There's an intimacy with God that we can know. If I'm walking in impurity, it is possible to say, even in this atmosphere with an impure heart, that something is marking the atmosphere, and it must be God. But I promise you, the experience of God's presence out of a pure heart is unlike anything else. Number two, it means being awestruck. And it's awestruck by a direct experience of the holiness of God. Holiness not defined as heavy religious duty but holiness as the brilliance and power of his presence that creates joy and freedom. 
awestruck. Job said in the Old Testament, until now my ears have heard of him, but now my eyes have seen him. Did he actually see him? A thunderstorm happened. There was a unique thing happening in Job's life. And somehow through that, the reality of God took on a, a new vision in the eyes of Job's heart. Let me use this terminology. The way you and I see God is through mediation. There's something mediating, making my vision of God happen. Let me explain. As we have worshiped today, some of you saw him in his greatness. You saw him in his exaltation and you worship because the power of the truth we were singing was mediating a vision of God. The word is always inspired. And when you are moving with a pure heart, the word illuminates and it, it paints a picture of God. So you can say, I see him. And it's this experience of the heart and you are moved to change and transformation. Two Wednesday nights ago, we had an outdoor event here, and when the sun went down, it was unusually beautiful. There were these beams of light just shooting up between earth and the heavens, and people were taking pictures and posting pictures, and for some, I heard him say, how awesome is God? That's it. They were awestruck. Something was mediating a fresh reminder there is no God like our God. The pure in heart are awestruck. Number three, it's grace. In the Psalms, you will hear the psalmist saying, be gracious to me, O God, and hide not thy face from me. Grace and face were connected. So what he's saying is grace, what is it? It's reception, affirmation, encouragement, forgiveness, power, freedom, life, hope, mercy, joy. All of these words I've just used are the result of the work of the emotion of the experience of grace. And when you walk in grace, it is helping you see God, God of grace, God of affirmation, God of power, God of joy, the joy of sins forgiven, the joy and power of the presence of God. I start saying, I'm walking with God. I'm walking in the spirit. I'm in step. It's like the curtain between heaven and earth has been drawn and heaven is meeting earth, and the lines are blurred. I'm in the presence of God. This altar, I even feel like it's happening now. Felt like it was the promise over the weekend. The Holy Spirit wants to blur the lines between the natural and the supernatural, between earth and heaven, and it'll be our prayer, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. And we'll, we'll get in our cars today, 
And as we go home, we'll say with David, one day in the presence, in the courts of my God is greater than a thousand anywhere else. And when we taste that, experience that, when we know that, then whatever the stronghold, bad habit, life-controlling problem, whatever it is, it is broken, it is demolished, it is diminished, and you finally see there's nothing this world can offer you that will satisfy your soul like the presence of Jesus. Pursuing freedom cannot be fighting impurity. It must be elevating desire to something so far greater. Anything that the world is offering you to try to satisfy you, it's a veneer. It's a facade. It's a fake. It's a phony. It's a mixture. And you'll have to give more for less in return as it goes by. It promises everything, but in reality, it offers nothing. It seems right, but you end up defeated, depressed, destroyed. It seems like it's everything. You're, you're on fire for it. There's this sense of electricity when you think about it and go for it, but it's so short-lived. But when you see God, you have that appointment. When you are in the presence of God, and it doesn't have to come and go. When you're in his presence and you're awestruck by the grace of God, you then can say, righteousness is so much better. Holiness is so much better. Freedom is so much better. I know that that has its attraction but it has nothing to offer. Christianity is not some news, it's the good news. And the reason it's the good news is because it holds the depth and power to fulfill the human heart and fix the human experience. Jesus and him crucified. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Hallelujah. That's what it means to see him. What does it mean to be pure in heart? It's two things, and we need to study some scripture today to understand it. Psalm 24, starting at verse 3. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in this holy place? Here's the answer. The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Notice the reference of hands and heart. Well, how do you have the purity? After the comma, we get the answer. The one who does not trust in an idol. You're not captivated, attracted to, under the influence of, addicted to, that which is impure and ungodly. If you become awestruck by that and now you're captured and you know you've messed up, today all of that 
can change. But here's the key. You've got to own it. Admit it. You can't notice the last part. Swear by a false god. Another version of Psalm 24 says it's the heart where there is no deceit. No more fronting. No more faking. No more posing. I messed up. I thought this was everything. It's not. And I'm not going to present myself as one thing on a Sunday when I know I'm going to be something else on a Monday. No more deceit. Let's put beside that James chapter 4. We'll start at verse 8. Come near to God, he'll come near to you. Another version says, draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Notice the comparison. Who will ascend the mountain of the Lord? Draw near. God draws near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. Hands and hearts. What's he saying? Get real. Don't be double-minded. The one who's living in deceit, that's the heart that's double. Duality. Duplicity. It's me presenting to you an image today and I'm comfortable with that when I know when I leave your presence, I'm not going to be the person that I am right now. Duplicity, division in my heart. Why is the division there? Earlier in James, notice what it says. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Adulterous. I have God and another lover. I'm presenting to you, I'm God-centered, but I know I'm not. Division, duality, you get it. So what does it mean to be pure in heart? It means a heart without division, a heart without deceit. That's it. And if I will come with that loyalty, that purity, then I'll see him. You see why the enemy works overtime? To try to attract you, lure you, draw you into stuff that's lesser and sinful, damaging and destructive? Because if we see God, if we taste and see just how good, then we'll turn our backs on that which is destructive and we'll give everything we are. Uh, let me ask you to look with me at 1 Timothy. Let me press into this. What's the goal of the love that's in our heart? It is to express that love out of a what pure heart, a good conscience, and an unfeigned faith. Unfeigned is no division. Here's another way that Jesus said it. Love me, Jesus says, with all your heart. With all your mind, no division. Romans message paraphrase, chapter 12 says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Notice, you're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. No duplicity. Everything will be included in my surrender 
and devotion to God. And when that's true, I will see him. And when I see him, what I'm saying is that I'm walking at a level of the intimacy that I can know of the presence of God. And there's nothing that compares. At the altar today, this is the altar. I become honest. I say, Lord, help me. Lord, I need you. I don't want to live this way anymore. When we start this pursuit, James says it like this, draw near. The Holy Spirit is drawing you today saying, it's not working for you. What you're doing is not producing the result you desired. Draw near. You hear him? It's not me, it's him. He loves you. He calls. He draws you. He'll satisfy. That relationship with him and what it produces is what you're seeking. What do I do? We're going to start with prayer, but a very specific prayer. I want to put this in in every message between now and the end of the series. David said, create in me a clean heart, O God. I want the creative power of God. And sometimes we use the word creative, and we're talking about the difference in someone who's artistic and someone who's not. I'm not saying we're calling on a God who's artistic. I'm saying we're calling on a God who in the book of Genesis spoke and where there was nothing, suddenly there was something. Creative power. He spoke and this world came into existence. He said in order the system whereby the world could function. He placed the stars in the sky, the galaxies, the creative power of God did that. And it is to that God with that power we say, would you bring your creative power to my heart and make it clean? I can't clean it, God. The person who prayed this was a murderer and an adulterer. He committed adultery and then in trying to manipulate and cover it up, he had the woman's husband killed. He's the one who cried out, God, would you create in me a clean heart? Lord, against you I have sinned. When you come with that honesty, God will work. Let me be bold in saying this. If you committed adultery yesterday, you can pray this prayer today. And if you're sincere, God will go to work on your heart. Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Wash me, Lord. I'll be clean. 
Cleanse me, O God, and I'll be purified. Lord, hide not your face from me. Be gracious to me. And he does. And he will. If you say, wait a minute. I, I've been kind of playing it on both sides. And at this altar, I'm convicted. You are right on the verge of a changed life and a different future. The second word is trust. Trust him. Let me show you that Acts 15 says, for he purified their hearts by faith. You trust that the prayer will work. Everything that we're about is by faith. We wouldn't know him out, outside of faith. Often the enemy will say, look at what you've done. And he, he shows you the darkness of what you've done, the very one who tempted you into it, then uses what you did against you to say you'll never change. And it's like he thickens the darkness and, it, and it's, he makes the impurity ultimate and fatal. And you think, this is a prayer for everybody else but me. And I'm saying, by the word of the Lord, when you say create in me a clean heart, there's no stain that goes too deep. There's no sin that goes so deep that his creative power cannot forgive, remove, and take a heart of stone and turn it into a tender new heart of flesh that can be sensitive to the things of God. People as far from God as they could be heard the call, made the cry, and God created in them a clean heart. I want to see him. You need to see him. We need to see him. And I know in a series like this, we create categories. Am I talking to someone who's addicted to pornography, alcohol, drugs? Yeah. Yes. Am I talking to that young adult who texted me after service last night and said, I've been hearing all of these negative voices that's holding me back from my destiny. I've not been living in impurity, but I've listened to the voice of doubt. And tonight at the altar, the purifying of my heart was to say, Lord, I'm gonna listen to your voice. She said, those negative thoughts, they've, they've pulled me away from God. I'm talking to that person too. From one side of this room to the other, from the platform to the back row, not one of us have been sinless over the last seven days. I'm talking to us, saying, Lord, create in me. I'm talking to us collectively where it's so easy to to get into the routine. And we need those times where we stop and say, wait a minute, take me back, God. Take me back to where I'm awestruck with you. 
God, I've, I've just been living with a concept. I've kind of been sitting in the lobby. I want to come into your office. I want to come into your presence. It's been too long. And talking to us, and I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, there's another level. There's more. It's deep calling unto deep. Wondering if there's a people who would say, as the deer pants after the water, my soul longs for you, God. It's John writing to a church he loves so much, saying, return to your first love. Their love for Jesus had been layered. And because their heart had been layered, their longing for him was not what it used to be. Our hearts get it gets layered by stuff, by success, by situations, and by sin. And some of us, we've just been caught up in all of our stuff, not sinful, just stuff. And we need to say, Lord, I'm going to long for you like I used to. I remember when I was called by God when I was 13. I'm talking about going back to those altars where the majesty and power of God marked the moment. And over the course of your life, it becomes a defining moment, a reference point. And you will often think back and say, I want that again. It was so real. I want this to be an altar today so that this becomes a reference point for next week, next year. Say, remember that Sunday in September? It's like the lines were blurred. It's a calling to God's people, which is all of us, to draw near, to be caught up where nothing else matters. Nothing. Would you stand with me, everybody? In the presence of the Lord, we're going to turn this song into our prayer. Along the way, I'll give you an opportunity to respond in different ways, but right now, think about it. We're at the altar. Lord, I pray on earth, right now, as it is in heaven,
Confess, declare it, say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. You can have it all.
captive today. Like others, you would like to be in a different spot. Just come. We're just saying, Lord, nothing else. My agenda, so sorry. Going through the motions, so sorry. Just want it to be you. It's that drawing. And if you would like to get out of your seat and find a place around the front just to start a pursuit, feel free. But this whole place is an altar. He's here. Let's press. Let's press in. I just want you.
let the river of God's presence just course through your soul today. Let there just be an overflow, an overwhelming of the fresh power of God. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Draw near. Let that utterance on the inside just pour out in praise to God, in intercession to God. We love you, Jesus.
on this word, for they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I want you to listen to the promises. They'll run and not be weary. That's supernatural. Nobody can run without getting tired unless the spirit is the energy. You will walk and not faint. That's supernatural. You will mount up. You'll go next level beyond anything you've ever experienced like that of an eagle catching that thermal draft that uplift that thermal burst that takes you to the presence so may you walk in that the result you'll be renewed your spirit be fresh and focused hopeful ready to take on the challenges that are in front of you knowing that it's not by might nor by power but it's by the spirit and he'll make a way he'll see you through he'll teach you all along the way he'll bless you beyond because he's the God who can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or think. For surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. So take your time. God bless you, everybody. Thank you, Jesus.